Welcome everyone to another episode of the Roman Show for the week of November 17th. We are getting closer to Thanksgiving Turkey Day, one of my favorite holidays. Nonetheless, we still have lots to talk about here on the Roman Show this week. We welcome Kevin Estrella, who talks about his project, Pyramids on Mars, and the latest album, Edge of the Black, an album that's been very influenced by a UFO experience. Kevin will explain. This and a whole lot more coming up next on The Roman Show. Step down to the get down. All right, whenever you're ready. You're ready. Five seconds to the open. Aquarius, watch that little gimbal. We don't want you coming off in space. Booster, go. Retro, go. Lido, go fly. Guidance, Surgeon, go fly. Come. We're going fly. GNC, we're going. Tell me, go. Control. Go. 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 We are go. Network, go. Recovery. Go. Capcom. The Roman Show with your host, Rodolfo Roman. Welcome back. It's another episode of The Roman Show. We're happy to be here and on the program. We have guitarist Kevin Estrella Project. Uh, projects. Well, Kevin Estrella. We'll talk about his project, Pyramids on Mars, uh, and the new album, Edge of the Black which has been heavily influenced by extraterrestrial activity. Uh, by far, a great, great album. I had the opportunity of listening to it prior to the uh, launch, which will be on December 21st. That's when the album will drop. I have to tell you, it's, it's quite amusing. And if you're a fan of Metallica or Megadeth, any of those bands, then you'll be a fan of Kevin's project here, uh, Edge, of the New Bla- uh, Edge of the Black, the latest album to come out. Make sure you follow him on Spotify, uh, Pyramids on Mars, to get that notification when the album will drop. But he'll be on the program a little later today, so make sure you stay tuned and you'll hear from him about everything he has to say. He's also a host of his own show on the Artist First Network. Again, he talks about or covers the topic of extraterrestrial activity he said or he, that he's been experiencing UFO, uh, UFO experiences uh, continuously. Uh, and the one that he remembers the most is back in August of 2014. He'll explain. In fact, he replaced Howard Stern personality Riley Martin. Uh, Martin was on the Artist First Network and then he went on to the Stern Show and he filled that gap. And uh, Kevin Estrella has been there since. So in just a few, we'll be welcoming Kevin. Great interview. You're learning a lot because I sure did. Well, I'd like to let, get some things out of the way here. Make sure you follow us on our socials. That's The Roman Show on Twitter. That's The Roman Show. Roman Show Media, both on Facebook and on Instagram. Our Roman 201 is a YouTube channel. Make sure that you subscribe to get the latest video interviews. You don't want to miss out on that. Already, we're almost at 3,500 subscribers. We want more, folks. Head on over right now. YouTube.com forward slash Roman 0201. And, guys, if you want to get the funk off your junk, you need to get yourself a bottle of ball wash. Head on over to ballwash.com. Use the promo code Roman and get a percentage off your purchase. And listen, we all suffer. Not all, but most of us, right? We have a little bit of anxiety every now and then. We have a little bit of, uh, uh, of just, you know, a lot of work, a lot of stress. 
And it kind of tightens up our body as well, our muscles. If you exercise, if you train. I do Muay Thai and I, I find myself uh, pretty, pretty, pretty tense. And as you get older, you got to admit, you know, there's pain that you never felt before. And you have to adjust. You have to get some tools, something there to loosen you up. Well, I have found that Fight Back CBD has helped me with that. My body has been feeling absolutely phenomenal. I'm getting ready for a tournament. And I have to tell you, after taking this thing, I'm able to get up the next day and train like a champion. So get yourself a bottle of Fight Back CBD. Head on over to theromanshow.com to find out more information on how to purchase Fight Back CBD. Listen, I am a person who uses it myself. I'm telling you, I gave you the stamp of approval. And I'm telling you, you will thank me later. Knockout fight gear. Listen, if you train, if you exercise in any martial art, whether it be karate, jiu-jitsu, Muay Thai, boxing, whatever it is, Knockout Fight Gear has your gear. Head on over to knockoutboxing.us. That's knockoutboxing.us. And you can find some very affordable gear such as shin pads, boxing gloves, geese, the whole nine. Knockoutboxing.us is the website. They are located right here in South Florida. And in fact, you might have seen some of their equipment because they are at some of the local mixed martial arts events. So head on over. Knockout Fight Gear right now. That's Knockout Fight Gear made for fighters. Head on over to the website, knockoutboxing.us. All right, let's talk some pro wrestling and anything else coming up next. CM Buck, CM Punk is back. I call him Puck. CM Punk is back on TV. WWE TV to be exact. But there's a slight difference here because he's not directly working for the World Wrestling Entertainment. Fox has hired him to be part of the WWE backstage. He made his debut last week on Tuesday. Very, very late into the program. In fact, pretty much that was the uh, the end of the program itself and he has now gone on the record and said that listen no one is safe he is studying five years of wrestling what he missed he went on twitter and stated that there's a lot of good things more especially more for women uh, and a lot of bad things and he will discuss and he said no one is safe i am hoping that they really allow cm punk to get in the mic and talk whatever he wants to say it's the only way that you're going to get ratings. It's the only way that people will see this program because you're going to get his opinion. So if a storyline sucks, if a match sucks, if one of the wrestlers, his personality just absolutely blows and tanks, CM Punk should comment on that. And if he does so, or if he says like, hey, I would have never written that that way. I would have had it done this way. I think that WWE backstage on Fox would be highly, highly, highly recommended because you want to know. Listen, I myself listen to Busted Open, okay? And I listen to Bubba Ray and I listen to uh, Mark Henry 
and Dave LaGreca and specifically Bubba Ray and Mark Henry and Tommy Dreamer, they know what the hell they're talking about. They're professional wrestlers. They've been backstage. They've worked inside the ring. They know how everything is. So these guys know exactly what to do and their suggestions, their opinions matter. So that is something that you need to do. That is something that you need to allow CM Punk to do. So if Punk comes out and says, listen, I didn't like that match between um, AJ Styles and Garza, or I, I don't like where the OC is headed right now. They should change it another round. They're supposed to be a dominant a dominant faction, and yet they look like bums. He should allow it to be say something like that. Maybe Vince McMahon might not like it, but listen, just be on it. Just like they criticize professional athletes like in the NFL or, or basketball, that's the same way they should criticize for wrestlers. It's only going to legitimize the, the, the sport. Uh, I know we know it as a sporting or, or sport entertainment, but by having CM Punk have his thoughts, has his, has his opinion, then you will add more legitimacy and you're going to have, you're going to open up that window, right? No more of that. Oh, he, he, we have to save everything to the last minute. It's going to bring in that realism to the sport, giving your thoughts, giving your opinions. And if they do that, I think that, hey, you got yourself some good viewership. Speaking of WWE Survivor Series this week, of course, we know that uh, they got the traditional Survivor Series match. They'll be part of that team, uh, SmackDown versus Team Raw. But... We also have the title matches as well, such as Brock Lesnar versus Rey Mysterio for the WWE Championship. The Universal Championship, The Fiend versus Daniel Bryan. At one point, I really thought they were going to mix in the NXT champion Adam Cole in there somehow, some way, but that is not the case. He's not going to be facing any other champs. Uh, but the women's champions, Becky Lynch, uh, Bailey from SmackDown, and then Shane and Baszler will be going at it in a three-way dance. Same thing goes for AJ Styles, Shinsuke Nakamura, and Roderick Strong. These guys will be taking off in a three-way dance as well. In my opinion, I think this might be the match of the night if they let them go. Styles, Nakamura, and Strong. Woo, what a match. And you have the tag team champions uh, of all brands, the Viking Raiders, New Day, and Undisputed Era. They'll be going at it in a three-way dance as well. So... I am really looking forward to that match between Nakamura, AJ, and Roderick Strong. I think that that might steal the show. What match do you think is going to fight, is going to be uh, the talk of the internet the next day? Send us a message, info at theromanshow.com or tweet us at the Roman Show, and we will share your opinions right here on our socials. All right, coming up next, Kevin Estrella. He is a guitarist whose project uh, Pyramids on Mars is uh, producing some great quality work and the latest album is Edge of the Black, heavily influenced by his experiences with extraterrestrial activity. So joining up next, guitarist Kevin Estrella joins us right now. It's a great one, folks. Stay tuned. Well, thank you very much.
Welcome back everyone to The Roman Show and listen, if you're a fan of Metallica, Meshuggah or Iron Maiden, well, you need to glue your ears to the self-release album of Pyramid on Mars titled Edge of the Black. This comes out on December 21st and right now joining us on the line is the man behind the one man project is Kevin Estrella. Thanks so much Kevin for joining us here on The Roman Show. Thanks for having me, I'm really glad to be on. Well, Kevin, congrats on uh, on your on your project. It does uh, will come out mid uh, December, towards the end of the year. Uh, it's a one man band album. You did have some a little bit of assistance there for the most part. It's all you. How, how long does a project like this take? It has ten tracks, and a lot of work it goes into it. It's it is a lot of work. I mean, um, um, you know, live. Live, you know, my brother plays bass, and I'm actually uh, I have drummers who are lined up right now because we're putting uh, together Germans uh, on Mars uh, uh, for playing, you know, for playing shows for uh, starting beginning or uh, starting next year. But as far as like with the writing process, uh, it took um, it was about three years wow. for Edge of the Black for the song, you know, for the material to come together. Um, um, it's not necessarily that that's as long as it takes, but you know, there's you can, there are a, lot of, a lot of things that were going on in my life at that point that were also kind of holding, you know, kind of holding things back. Um, um, I was going, I'm going through like a really, really long divorce, and it's wow. been really emotionally draining for me. Mm-hmm. So that's been a process too. But you know, to, to write the music, yeah, when you're the when you're when you're playing all the instruments, it does take time um, to, to do that. Because I'm playing all the guitars, uh, I play all the bass, I play, I play all the keyboards. Yeah, you know, I'm doing all the arranging, and I and I do all the drum programming. So, and with the drums, it's uh, you know every every note that you hear is I, I, I read that, so I hear it, and I, I work on it, and work on it, and work on it, and then perfect it, and perfect it, and perfect it. Um, but I would say, actually, <laughs> believe it or not, where a majority of the time comes in is actually in mixing and remixing that sometimes takes uh, a long time because you listen to it and then you think you've got it right and then you know i'll play it for somebody else or somebody else will listen to it like my brother's been great he's been a big back backbone for for critiquing my songs and helping me take my songs from good to really exceptional and it's been it's been a blessing because I've I've done so many really cool tweaks with some of the songs. It's like, oh yeah, that's a great idea for that. I, I, you know, if I do add that, all of a sudden the song sounds even bigger. So, you know, say for instance the song um, uh, Mercury Magnetar. That song probably took forty hours, at least forty hours to, to write that one Jesus song. Jesus Christ! So and and, and, and that was. And, and and I was actually going to follow up with that because Mercury Magnetar is a, is, is a tribute to. The late vocalist of Queen, Freddie Mercury. True. How, yes. how did that come up? Because yeah. this is, you know, it, it's an instrumental track. Obviously, when you have vocals in there, you know, it changes things. But when you say you dedicate uh, an instrumental to him, can you describe that to me? How, how does that influence sure. an instrumental song, an instrumental sure, track? Absolutely. It's actually pretty cool how, 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 I, how I did this. Um, I had in mind... Um, a lot of songs I get ideas from, or sometimes I'll, I'll get an idea from one song and I'll hear it crisscrossed with another song. And they may be two songs which are completely unrelated. So the song Mercury Magnetar is actually 
a combination of two different songs. Hmm. It's a combination of uh, the song uh, Unstoppable Momentum from uh, Joe Santriani, the first song on, on Unstoppable Momentum, which is in this five, you know, it's in this five four groove and has this, this chord progression. But I heard that song crossed with Radio Gaga by Queen. Whoa. And so Mercury Megatar is, is, a, is literally those two songs merged into one. And how I did that was I took, you know, the, the, the chord progression groove of, 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 of uh, Unstoppable Momentum, and then I took the chord, I, then, I took, uh, then I took the chord progression, the actual chords of Radio Gaga, and then I used Radio Gaga, and then, and then merged the two together, and then I, all of a sudden I got this brand new song, which is a combination of two unre- unrelated songs, and then the rest of the song just wrote itself. Wow, interesting. Again, we're speaking to uh, Kevin Estrella of uh, the new the new album, Edge of the Black. Uh, amazing track. I've had an opportunity to listen to it uh, myself. Ten tracks there. He is a Pyramids of Mars. Now, uh, Kevin, something obviously that uh, that also, you're not just a musician, but uh, you're a person that have had a, uh, an experience uh, with UFOs and you host your own um, program. And actually, we were talking prior to the year that uh, you had or, 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 or you know the, the man and I, I know this guy because I, I used to listen to the show all the time Riley Martin of the Howard Stern show um, and you have some sort of a, of a connection for per se um, because of where you are right now since you all host your own program uh, related to the UFO uh, experiences can you elaborate a little bit about that? Sure, yeah so I, uh, I've, I, I've had I have it's not just one or two UFO experiences. I have ongoing extraterrestrial experiences continuously. They happen all the time. But what happened was uh, it, my first conscious one was, you know, 2000, uh, August 21st, 2014, when an interdimensional craft uh, was, you know, 100 feet from me and it flew across my backyard and then it opened up a portal and it left. And so then I started doing uh, more, I just started doing radio interviews about my ongoing UFO experiences because it was just not that, but a whole bunch of things were going on. And so then um, I got an email, I got contacted by uh, Scott Zelenko of the Artist First Network. And at first I thought he was, he wanted to interview me, you know, do a radio interview me. And then when I called and talked to him, he said, how would you like your own radio show, your own UFO radio show? He says, we used to, you know, um, Riley Martin, he uh, was a, a, a radio show host on our network, the Artist First Network, and he grew so big that he ended up having, you know, 160,000 followers for every episode. And then he ended up getting bought out by Howard Stern. He left the Artist First Network. And, um, and, and now we have this hole here of, you know, listeners who still, you know, want, want UFO content. How would you like to basically essentially replace his show? And I was just like, really? (laughs) (laughs) I I couldn't believe it. So, you know, I took the opportunity to to create my own radio show on the Artist First Network to take, you know, to to fill in that gap for that, you know, for those people who who were really following, you know, stuff with ETs. And so then uh, Pyramids on Mars UFO Radio was, was, was born. And I've been doing that now for, for two years. In fact, I just finished my 33rd show uh, last week. 
Wow, and, and so they could they could listen to it on, on artistfirst.com. Uh, is there is this, is this a weekly? Is this a daily program? It's uh, it's uh, it's monthly. So oh. there's a new there's a new episode every month. However, all the podcasts are available for download. You can go to artistfirst.com and um, you know find the Pyramids on Mars UFO Radio. Click on it; it'll take you to my my page, and then you can click on any of the 33 podcasts. To, to listen to it, but I interview not just experiencers, but I interview um, hybrids. There are many hybrids on this planet. Hmm. Uh, I've interviewed, you know, um, people who are half human, half Zeta. Um, and you know, they're they're like basically dual souls, where they're half half human and half uh, gray. People call them the gray sometimes. I don't like that name. Mm-hmm. I've got, I've interviewed uh, um, a reptilian hybrid. Hmm. I've interviewed. Um, uh, Anunnaki hybrids. I've interviewed uh, a friend of mine. She's a good friend. She's a, uh, a walk-in hybrid. Mm-hmm. Essentially, her her, her uh, spirit was uh, was swapped with, with the with the body that she's in. She's actually uh, from Andromeda. So, and then she's dropped into this planet. So, you know, I, I interview all kinds of people uh, on my show. I interview actually my biggest show was uh, interviewing uh, John Lear. Uh, he's, he's quite well known. He's known as the Godfather of conspiracy. He did a show on the on the nine, the great nine eleven conspiracy, holograms and direct energy weapons, and that became the biggest uh, listened show, um, uh, one of the biggest listened to shows for the whole Artist First Network. So that was uh, I was quite you know happy for that radio interview. And you know when you talk about rock musicians, one person also comes to mind, and that's uh, Tom DeLonge of the the former uh, Blink One Eighty Two artist, um, who's now become a UFO researcher. Uh, then he himself has had some experiences uh, with the UFO. Um, so there there are many in the the rock community or metal community uh, that have had some experiences. And, and again, I advise everyone out here, artistfirst.com is the website um, to check out Kevin's podcast. Uh, in relation to, to to UFO encounters, and and I'm sure we can go on and on about this, but I want to invite everyone to listen to your podcast so they can listen and learn because I'm intrigued about it. I want to know it myself. But some of this, some of this uh, UFO experiences also influenced some of the work on the Edge of the Black, right? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. There's um, the, the work on Edge of the Black is uh, is is very deep with uh, my extraterrestrial. Um, uh, friends and it and in regards to the teachings that that i have been taught by them so this album is very important to us as our, our evolution basically um uh, the reason i'm saying this is to understand the whole concept of what the edge of the black is uh i'm in contact on a regular basis with a group of uh, extraterrestrials known as the ponte who um are, are Zetas, so you know people. The the extraterrestrials, the people are very familiar with, you know, with the with the large heads and you know, black eyes. Um, these are uh, the Ponte, and uh, they're actually using Twitter at, at Sandia Wisdom uh, on Twitter, and uh, their base is in the Albuquerque Mountains, uh, Sandia Mountains of Albuquerque, New Mexico. I've uh, been visited by them uh, multiple times, and two of my teachers are uh, Tini and Fira. They're two females, and they taught me about what the edge of the black is. So to get back to my first um, lesson, 
uh, this is three years ago, Tini, Tini was talking to me privately on Twitter, and she said, you, you, you do understand that music can be communicated at a telepathic level. And I'm like, no, I didn't know this. And she said, you're already doing it. And I said, can you help me develop it more? And she said, yes. So for the last year and a half, they have been helping me to advance my abilities to play my guitar at a telepathic level. So when, then they've actually heard me playing my guitar in Albuquerque when I'm here in, in Ontario. So when I say that my music is four-dimensional, I literally mean that. My music is communicating at a telepathic level. And in fact, the actual telepathy wavelength is actual in the actual digital recordings of the CD. So the CD is playing at a telepathic level. But the edge of the black is, and what they've taught me in regards to our understanding of, of um, because they are telepathic themselves, we are all connected. Everyone in the universe is connected. Everything in the universe is connected. And through, through they call basically the collective consciousness, when I, uh, well, basically I'm going to the edge of the black when I write my music, that's what they told me. The edge of the black of the universe. So basically where nothingness and everything exists. They say, go to the edge of the black of the universe, turn around and play the music that you hear from there. So what is happening is that music, people so often to talk about the music just seems to write itself. I don't know where it's coming from. Metallica, you know, James Hetfield and Kirk Hammett talk about it all the time, about the zone, mm-hmm. you know, getting into the zone and it is the music right itself. Mm-hmm. This is what the, what the, what TD and Fear are teaching me. The edge of the black is basically your, your the, the music is play is coming through the collective consciousness, through the universe. You're then amplifying your emotional content and your, 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 your um, interpretation. And then you are sending that back out into you, into the universe. So, the music is flowing through the collective, through the universe, through us, and then we're bringing it back out. That's what the edge of the black is. And it's not just in music, it goes for any creativity, you know, for any kind of artist. When they, you know, when they, you know, for anybody who's writing a book, they're, when they're tapping into this, into the collective. So, and, and it's, it's, it's amazing, the concept. Well, Kevin, I want to thank you so very much, and I invite everyone to again to head out to artistfirst.com and Listen to his podcast as he talks about the whole UFO community and, and, and uh, uh, encounters with UFOs. And on December 21st on Spotify, make sure you give a, a follow uh, to Pyramid of Mars to get that notification. Because that is when Edge of the Black drops, featuring 10 tracks. Again, if you're a fan of Metallica, Meshuggah, uh, any of these bands, you will be a fan of this great masterpiece. Kevin, thanks so very much for your time, man. And look forward to hearing... Um, uh, on, on your show and of course this great music that you provide man thank you so much thanks for having me ladies and gentlemen listeners all around the world welcome to the showdown well thank you very much Kevin uh, for that opportunity uh, to really learn about the whole uh, extraterrestrial community and if you say that you have full experiences uh, I didn't know much about that, so he was telling me afterwards. I went and looked and looked it up and Googled it because I just educated myself on this stuff. Take it what it's, what it's for, right? But uh, pretty quite amazing stuff, I have to say, and I learned a lot from that interview. So thank you, Kevin, for that. And listen to the album. I'm telling you when it drops December 21st, if you're a fan of Metallica, Make a Death, 
then it's a must. You have to listen to this album. Speaking of rock, we have just gotten word that Motley Crue, Def Leppard, Poison is scheduled for a stadium tour next year, 2020. Motley Crue, that's right. Allegedly, they were not supposed to tour after their latest farewell tour. But they have all broken their contracts. They burned their contracts, actually. And they are scheduled to go on this massive stadium tour. Poison and Death Leopard will be joining them. We don't know, have any information yet as far as dates or where they, they will be performing. But I can assure you that many people will be attending this, including yours truly. I am a big fan of these guys. I love Motley Crue. It's a lot of fun. Great movie with Netflix. And I, I think that had to do a lot with it. I want to say that because of the response and support that that movie received had to do something with Motley Crue deciding to burn all their contracts. That was the only way they could come back and tour. Every single one of the members had to burn their contracts. And that's the reason, I, I in my opinion, that's the reason I, I believe they came back. They probably get, listen guys, there's a lot of money out there that we're losing. We best, you know, forget all this stuff, put this stuff aside. And let's head on over to a stadium tour. And they brought their friends of Poison and Def Leppard. So keep an eye out for that. Hey, want to talk some mixed martial arts here. The big news of the week here so far. Again, we record this stuff on Monday. But Ben Askren has officially retired from mixed martial arts. If you remember, Ben Askren was a big deal not too long ago. uh, Going undefeated in other companies, including Bellator and one championship. Uh, but that was not the case when he came into the UFC. He did defeat Robbie Lawler, but Jorge Masvidal taught him a lesson with a vicious knee that pretty much gave him his first loss in, in a matter of seconds, followed by Damian Maya, who submitted him afterwards. So it really didn't go too well for him in the UFC with a record of 1-2. and two. If you remember, this was a trade. UFC traded Demetrius Johnson, their current, at the time, uh, well, Actually, he had just lost to Henry Cejudo. But Demetrius Johnson, who had held the championship for a very, very, very long time. He was the inaugural champion. He kept it since never lost it. He was traded to one uh, one championship. And they got in return Ben Askren, who at the point was making himself a big deal, saying that, listen, you don't know what they're missing. They say they have the best fighters in the world, but I'm over here. Um doing all this 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 activity, defeating people from left to right, I'm undefeated. Well, wasn't the case when he was brought for the UFC. It just proves to you how good of fighters these guys have. So, did Ben Askren do it for you? Did he do his job? Dana White, UFC president, claims that, listen, he's not, he doesn't regret anything. And I agree with him. I think that in a way, it helped some of his fighters get that attention they needed Hence, Jorge Masvidal, who has now been a blockbuster of a fighter. Look how much um, exposure he's had after that vicious knee he landed at Ben Askren. And Damian Maya, giving him another oomph, a little bit of fresh air in his career. And Damian Maya is no spring chicken. So I think he did his job. So thank you very much, Ben Askren. Hope you get a, a very um, successful hip replacement there. That's the reason why he says he's retiring. And uh, maybe we'll see you on the commentating booth. I'm pretty sure he'll be good at that since he was a good talker. In other news, uh, Clarissa Shields, boxer, a world champion, has stated uh, that a fight with uh, Amanda Nunes, UFC champion, 
This could be a possibility sometime in the next year, in 2020. Uh, this will be the first time that I can remember that a mixed martial artist, a female mixed martial artist, went and boxed uh, such a big name uh, as S.H.I.E.L.D. is uh, as far as females. Remember UFC until Ronda Rousey not too long ago, she was the first lady uh, to be part of a UFC event. And then, well, now they're a staple. The ladies are. And then Amanda Nunes uh, versus Shields. Listen, we've seen this already. We've had many conversations on this. Just not long to go. I think it was last week. Masvidal, Kyle Dock, and Elo Alvarez. Listen, and I'm not saying that Amanda Nunes can't do it because that girl could hit hard. But again, they're two complete different sports. Okay, let's just go back to what happened with McGregor and Mayweather. We knew what was expected we know that he was going to defend the hell out of himself and that's exactly what we got it just it doesn't matter how unorthodox you are or how exciting you are it's just a different sport so what we like to see is sure why not uh amanda nunes uh and shields it's a first right we get a mixed a female mixed martial arts champion taking on a boxing champion we don't see this too often so why not and it might happen very, very soon. One guy that says, or you know, he's pretty much said it already, uh, is coming back is Anthony Johnson. Anthony Rumble Johnson is coming back to the UFC. He is eyeing summer. And he said that he will have a speed advantage in the heavyweight division. If you recall, this man had hands of stoned. Hands of stones. Skek hit super hard. And... Last fight he had, uh, he had uh, some pretty uh, remarkable fights there with the one and only Mr. John Jones. So he's not going down to the light heavyweight. He's going to the heavyweight. In fact, the last time we saw some images of him, the guy looks massive. Uh, so imagine him and Stipe Miosheik. That'd be pretty fun. I mean, of course, we still need to know uh, how he's back. You know, he's maybe a little ring rust. We'll have to wait and see. But nonetheless, Anthony Rumble Johnson is back. He will be back sometime in the summer uh, inside the octagon uh we got some unfortunate news former titan uh, fc bantamweight champion rutsen kalo kalo kane uh, has survived uh a, a pretty uh pretty sad situation uh combate reports uh, this is a website combate uh, and i believe this one is um, out of brazil Rutsen, unfortunately, he was having a very uh, critical or challenging weight loss uh, or weight cut. And he has been now paralyzed across the left side of his body. This happened back in October 19. Titan FC allowed him to fight in Brazil. Now, according to Combate, uh, Kaleokane passed out shortly after losing a unanimous decision to Matthias Mendoca and was sent to the hospital. There he was diagnosed with brain stem ischemic stroke. I hope I said that right. Caused by blood clots forming in the arteries of the neck. However, that was not the case. Uh, it's, it's, uh, he has received a stroke, uh, which has left him, again, paralyzed on the left side Um of the body, and this is pretty unfortunate. You know, I, I met him. I had the opportunity to uh, announce him, and this is just very un- un- uncalled for uh, with this whole weight.
cut issues. I don't think we'll ever be able to see him fight again. Um, he's he's partially paralyzed on one side, for goodness sake. Titan FC's um, COO, Mr. Lex, Lex McMahon, has uh, went on social media and explained that there is a GoFundMe page where you can contribute some financial donations uh, to help his ongoing treatment. Uh, originally, it, it seemed that he was going to recover, uh, but according to this article uh, on Combate, uh, we don't we don't know to what extremities, but uh, he did suffer uh, a stroke. Uh, again, has left him on his left side of his body paralyzed. Uh, Listen, we've, we've seen, he's oh, he's 26 years old. That's actually a very good thing because uh, the, the younger are, the younger you are, the, the more you are capable uh, of fighting such a disease as stroke. Uh, but there's been other athletes uh, that have experienced strokes and, and they haven't come, they haven't uh, uh, to, to the full extension. Not all of them. Some of that, I believe, was one that escapes my mind right now, but there was a football player, the New England Patriots, who recovered. Um, uh, but he got another one afterwards, and, and that was pretty much it. Uh, so, Kalakane, you know, our prayers to you, man. Uh, fight back. You're a strong dude. Um, just get healthy, man. We want to see you walking, and I'm sure you can get some feeling into that left side. Um, and you'll be back potentially very, very soon in a, in a Titan FC cage. We'd love to see you there and, 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 and just, you know, fight this thing, man. You, you can do it. Uh, we'll put up the... Uh, the uh, link for the GoFundMe, uh, so you can go ahead and and, and assist uh, with this 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 unfortunate situation that occurred. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for joining us here on the program. Uh, we thank you for this opportunity, uh, listening to us, and we hope to catch you next week on the program. We're getting closer to the Thanksgiving holiday. We appreciate it. We love you, man. Support us. Pass the word about the social medias. We appreciate all you guys, and we will catch you next week on the program. You have an on?